This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Welcome to All the Right Marketing, where we talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their programs and their products. Our guests share tips that help anyone in the book industry, whether you're a librarian, an aspiring writer, a published author, etc. The truth of the matter here is that the advice coming out of these conversations are for creative marketing across multiple industries. Today, our guest has been a huge fan of reading since he was a young boy. He could escape into the world of magic and adventure, which I think is wonderful for young children. So much that that love of books followed him into adulthood. Um, He lives in Burridge, Illinois with his husband. When he's not reading, he enjoys the outdoor horror movies. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. And baking. Um, We'll have to talk a little bit more about the baking. Um, Prior to starting his own agency, he was an associate literary agent at the Flannery Literacy Company. So welcome, Dan Kramer. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, my goodness. You like horror movies. I do. I love them. Oh, I have to listen to them with um, the volume down. Oh. (laughs) That's the only way I can do it. I have to turn the volume down. That is such a cool, I love that you put that in there. That's a really cool trait. And baking. So what are one of your favorite things to bake? Um, So one of my favorite things to bake is around Christmas time, I like to make a whole bunch of cookies. So I make, you know, some traditional ones like chocolate chip and all that. But then I like to get a little creative and like do an Andy's mint cookie or try a new cookie out or anything like that. And then there's a Christmas cake that I make using a uh, cookie butter. Um, what? That's yeah. amazing. A Christmas cake. Yeah. Um, so it's, it tastes like um, with cookie butter. Uh, it's called speculus. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that spread at Trader Joe's or another grocery yes! store or something like that. Yeah. So, so it tastes exactly like that. Do you put that in the cake too? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's in the it's in the cake, um, the actual crumb of the cake, and then in the frosting too. Is this a recipe that you made up, or is this one that you follow? This is one that I found. So you have to share it with me. That is yes, awesome. definitely. That's awesome. So Dan, you have always been a fan of um, a fan of reading and writing, and actually, your first career was a forensic scientist with the FBI. What? (laughs) Okay, please explain. How did you go from that to where you are now? Let me let me let me hear a little bit about that journey. Sure. So my undergraduate degrees are in forensic science and psychology. And when I was a senior at West Virginia University, um, my really good friend and I uh, worked on a research project uh, developing latent prints on the adhesive side of tape using freezing technique which is just a very fancy way of saying, getting your fingerprints off sticky side of tape. Um, we presented it at a conference. This guy came up and was like, oh yeah, this is really great research and everything. And then he gave us his card. He's like, I'd like your information too. And he was from the FBI. That was around like 2007. Okay. And then the government had a hiring freeze. So they were not hiring anyone for a year. And both of us had kind of forgotten that we'd even talk and talk to this guy. Um, about a year later, I get a call from him and he's like, Hey, this is so-and-so from the FBI. We have your information. We'd like to hire you. And do you have your information for my friend that was also presenting with me? I was like, of course I do here. Take it. 
and insane. we started our careers together at the FBI. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So now it's all coming together. Now I can see why you like the horror movies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It all comes together. So you worked for the FBI for a few years. And at what point doing that, were you like, eh, I'm not really feeling fulfilled or, or what was, what made you make the change to being, um, I think you went right into um, associate literary agent, right? Almost. So Almost. I worked for the FBI for about three and a half years, and that was in the DC area. I worked on at the lab in Quantico Marine Base. Um, during that time, I met my now husband. Um, we met at a bar, you know, the old fashioned way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and while we were living there, we both agreed that we didn't quite like living in the DC area. It's very congested. There's a lot of things that we loved, but it was like the congestion, the cost of living and everything wasn't quite where we wanted to be. And he suggested, let's move back to where I grew up, which is outside of Chicago. So I resigned from the FBI. We moved to Chicago. He started his job. I had about a year off where I did background acting for the TV shows filmed in Chicago, which was a great experience. Um, one of the best memories I have is it was one of the crew members' birthdays. And Kelsey Grammer came out while we were having lunch and saying happy birthday. And I was like standing right next to him. I was like, is this, is this happening right now? This is my job. This is what I'm doing yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so during that year, I was also applying to other jobs. And I started working for the Cook County Sheriff's Office in 2013 as um internal affairs investigators. So investigating any complaints against any employee of the Cook County Sheriff's Office from correctional officers to sheriff's police to administrative assistants, anyone. Okay. Um, around 2017, I wasn't feeling very fulfilled with my career. So I had one of those conversations where you sit down and you think, what do I wanna do with my life? Yes. And I was like, I was thinking, I was like, I don't really wanna stay in law enforcement anymore. Like I've, I've had my fun, working at, as a scientist, as an investigator. And I kept going back, what do I like doing? What, what really do I love? And it always came back to books and writing and all that. So I started researching careers. Um, literary agent came up and I, I was like, I think this is something that I would really enjoy doing. I started looking up literary agencies around the Chicago area. I found um, Flannery Literary um, owned and operated by Jennifer Flannery. And I did a cold email. I was 100% certain she'd email me back and be like, this is inappropriate. This is unprofessional. Why would you email me like this? Like I, I sometimes catastrophize. So I had the, the whole worst case scenario. I, you know, send an email telling her why I love books, why I love children's literature, that I wanted to learn the ropes of being a literary agent. I wasn't looking for monetary compensation, just as I was looking for a mentor for the experience. And I think in like about an hour, she replied back and she's like, oh my gosh, I need someone to help me. You sound perfect. That's awesome. And we met. And so I started interning for her while still working. Um, I did a lot of like what she called scut puppy work, um, you know, like organizing files, doing the SCBWI gold forms on submissions that would come in, trying, giving my things. She started teaching me the business side of everything. Um, in 2019, she's like, you've been doing a great job. Let's promote you to associate agent where you can start taking queries on your own and start building up your list. So I started doing that. I got to go to my 
first conference in person in 2019. It was the Chicago's Writers Workshop. So oh. exciting to meet people in person. Oh my gosh. Um, and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> <laughs> so everything turned to being online. Um, and then was building my list up, sending out to editors. And in around June, 2021, I sold my first picture book for one of my clients and I was so happy. Um, and Jennifer's like, well, I don't think this should go under my agency. It should go under your agency. That way you can start making your name. And that's how we had always planned it, that wow. I would be starting my own agency. Um, so now we kind of work as sister, sister agencies. Like if I have, if I get a submission or something, I'm like, it's not quite right for me, but I think it'd be great for Jennifer. I'll send it to her. Like how like a bigger agency would do that has multiple agents, you know, that's and they awesome. share, share stuff back and forth. Oh, I so love her kindness and her generosity to bring you in, um, teach you the business. That is golden right there. Right. It is. It was, um, there's no way that I could ever pay her back. And she's always like, oh, you did pay me back. You did. I was like, no, no, not for where you got me to where I am. Oh my goodness. That is awesome. So Dan, give us the inside scoop. I don't, I don't really know how, how does a literary agent connect? Okay. So you did say you went to the Chicago writers workshop, but how do you mm -hmm. connect with writers? How do you find writers? Are they submitting to you? And that's how you're like, how do you actually find people to represent? So that's really good. Uh, since Jennifer was a, a very established, had a very established agency, I, she's been in the business. I think it's coming up, her agency's coming up on its 30 year anniversary this summer, I believe. Um, so she was on all the places where when you like search, oh, I need to find a literary agent. She was on all those. So that's how my name started getting around because I was replying to the queries with my name and under her business title. Um, so that, that really helped me. Um, I will say Twitter, mm. even though it's like the bane of all our existence, it is also like a very helpful tool at finding writers because they have all those pitches. Um, if you get one writer to follow you and they share something of yours, you get like 10 more writers following you. Yeah, that's so. True. So the pitch parties, because our, our um, acquisitions editor and intern, they attend the pitch parties. So it's agents and editors then. Correct. Okay. So having like Twitter and being able to send them to my website where they can read about me, see other people that I represent, see the books that I've sold and everything is really good marketing for an agent because they can see where you're working. Um, I'm also on Publishers Marketplace. Oh yeah. Um, which is a, another search database for people to find you. And they, um, so editors can look at what I've acquired. Writers can look at what I required. Um, and then the publisher, the PW Children's Bookshelf announcements, those are always helpful. I feel like I always see a little tick up and my following and my website clicks and everything whenever those announcements are made. Speaking so of, yes. Speaking of, um, we should have an announcement coming out anytime now because PW doesn't tell me when they're going to put the announcement out, but um, I submitted the one with the author that we are working on together that you are representing, yeah. Christina Dundee, and it should yeah. be out there. So it is. It is. Yeah. It's, when did uh, they post it? I think last week. Last week? Oh my goodness. I submitted it last week. Okay. See, yeah. I didn't see it. I, I don't have Publishers Marketplace, so I'm going to have to look that up. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. 
it's out there. I love when it you spit those into the world. It feels like right? It does. It's just like, uh, and, and especially with my agency just starting, I was like, this helps add a little credibility. A lot of three of the four books that I have out now are debut books. Christina, this is her, her second book with you guys. Well, not with you, but it's her second book that you're publishing yeah. it. And it's just so great to also give my authors credibility too, you know, like, because yeah. if I build them up, they're building me up. It's just it's such a nice relationship back and forth. Yeah, it's like it's happening. It's really happening. Um, so the the audience listening to this right now, there's a lot of aspiring writers, people who would love to be represented by an agent. Um, what advice would you give them to finding an agent? I mean, attending the pitch parties, yes. Um, mm -hmm. I think also subscribing to PW um, and Publishers Marketplace, being able to be in the know with who's who. But do you have any other advice for them for getting into the space? Right. Um, engaging with other writers and agents out there um, and editors. There's a lot of editors that will do like ask, ask an editor or ask kids like questions like that on Twitter. And you can ask your questions. You can learn so much from all these industry pro professionals. Um, have a strong query letter. I mean, a query letter is like your first step in. It's like your first impression that an agent or an editor is going to get. And that strong hook and the stakes and everything, whether it's a picture book, young adult, if you're an adult fiction, the query letter is like, you're in right there. Um, it gets, when I read a good query letter, I'm so excited to read the sample pages. Like it just sets the mood. Yeah, and I will tell you after reading many, 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 many query letters before I um, hired Adam, we, I mean, you, how do I say it? There's just a couple paragraphs in and you, you know or you don't know. And so it's really your chance to shine, your chance to sell yourself, your chance to sell that book. Yeah. And, um, you know, being a small publisher, we, we, we accept unsolicited manuscripts. Mm -hmm. um, so we feel like we're very inclusive of, you know, aspiring writers, but you've got to sell yourself in those first couple of paragraphs. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I just got back from a conference where I did a, a queries 101 presentation and I told the, the people listening, I said, you're selling your book first. So you should, I, I think a query letter should start with that hook and that stakes right into the story. Mm -hmm. um, it, I, I, I know like a lot of query letters say you should start with why you're querying the agent and everything. I think that should come a little later. That's my opinion because coming from the business perspective, you want to sell your product first. And then like why you're querying it is like a cherry on the top. Like I saw what you acquired. I think this fits with you or um, your manuscript wish list said this was what you were looking for. And I think this is matches it perfectly or, or whatever. I think that's like the cherry on the top, but you're selling your work first. Yeah. Is, that I, think, cherry, I love that. That cherry you mentioned is so specific too. So, you know, if somebody mentions the work that you have supported and represented in the past, you know that they've done their research. Yes. Um, and some, excuse me, sometimes when we get these uh, cover letters, these query letters, we're like, did you read the submission <laughs> guidelines? So please do yourself justice and read the guidelines. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I think that's important too. Um, you know, it's interesting because we, you talked about your love for children's literature and why you went into the work that you did. But I am interested, 
about a book that has been foundational in your life? This was a question that was um, added to this list. And I think that's a a great question. I I wonder what it is. Is it a psychological thriller? I don't know. (laughs) So the book that has been foundational in my life, um, I actually didn't read it as a a child because those books weren't available. Um, It it was the first book that I read that had a gay male character protagonist. Okay. Um, and this was probably back around 2009. I was still in the DC area. Mm-hmm. Um, I was out, I was open. Um, and like I said, we left because of the congestion. So during my commute to and from work, I started listening to audiobooks because it just helped with like making the commute so much nicer. Um, so the book was Hero by Perry Moore. Unfortunately, he's passed on. Um, but it, it was a, it's kind of like uh, a superhero book where the characters kind of have like X-Men powers, but he's a teen and he's figuring out that he's gay coming out in the world. And I remember listening to it and being like, oh my gosh, I finally see myself in a book with oh. a, a character who identifies as gay, who is scared to come out and all those things that you face whenever you're doing some when you're in the LGBTQ community. Um, so just being able to read that or hear that in this case, um, it was like life-changing. I was like, I, I didn't know a book like this could exist. I'm gonna cry. I, I <laughs> the work that we do here at Cardinal Rule Press, we mm-hmm. we find it so important for children to see themselves within the pages of the books. And when I explain that to people, they're like, oh, okay, so there's like a lot of um, different cultures in your books. And I'm like, that's not the only thing. We're talking about, you know, gender stereotypes and LGBTQ plus for children to be mm-hmm. able to, like you just said, to be able to see themselves. The, the, new, um, the new area we're really tackling is if you, I mean, look at, I love books, right? But mm-hmm. if I opened, let's say I opened 10 books that are behind me on the shelf, would we see a child who is overweight? Probably not. Um, but I did my own little, you know, I was a teacher and I've done my own little theories on this. And, and that's what we see. Children's um, obesity is at an all-time high right now. And those are the children in the world. So why aren't we seeing that in our books? So I love that you brought that up. And, you know, we actually did a pride panel um, a few months. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last June. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And we had Rob Sanders, who I feel like is he wrote um, Pride, the story of Harvey Milk and the rainbow flag. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he was a pioneer in bringing about um, these topics in children's books. So it's, you know, it's fiction, but it's based on nonfiction. And having him be part of that panel, I felt so honored because um, I felt like he was one of the first pioneers to really get a book out there. And now they're banning books and what a mess that, you know, that has been. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And I just think that's wonderful. And I think that's why we do what we do. So if you're a writer listening, think about that. Think about how can you help children to see themselves in the pages and, and young adults and adults mm-hmm. as well. Um, right. I think that's really wonderful. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. You're welcome. And I think with children's literature, I think it sets the tone for the other genres, like an adult, like you're now seeing more diverse characters in adult fiction. And I think that's probably directly related to how children's literature is fearless and showing everyone. Like 
all different types of people, all different types of situations. Of course, they make it kid appropriate, but it doesn't lessen the impact that it has. It does not lessen the impact it has. I love that. That can be your quote from the show. And <laughs> guess what? Children are better at accepting and including others than adults are. So mm-hmm. these adults pick up a children's <laughs> picture book and buy yes. it from one of Dan's authors and one of my authors. <laughs> Correct. I 100% back that. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, we appreciated having you. And for those of you listening, you know that our episodes come out every Tuesday. And so we will put um, links so that you can reach out to Dan. You can find out what he's looking for. You can find him on Twitter. You can look at his website. We appreciate having you here today. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. All right. Thanks so much. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com.